Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great ESPN podcast. The Mina Cobb Show, featuring Lenny, will get you ready for the NFL Draft as Mina is joined by her friends each episode to talk about the latest NFL storylines. That's the Mina Cobb Show, featuring her dog, Lenny. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe. You are a hater. And uh, joining us this week, she about to take over this whole network. And apparently, she is the nicest person that works at this place. Her name is Monica <laughs> McNutt. And I'm going to explain to y'all right fast why I say she must be the nicest person that works here. I turned on my TV on Monday while Stephen A. Smith was riding his Randolph Children's 95 hot street. Just said, I mean, everything he was putting up was all net. And it was time to talk about Ben Simmons being out there in that get up during game three. And Monica Magna got on television and explained to the world that there is a concept called endorphin dressing. And that mm-hmm. you dress up, I guess it's look good, feel good, or whatever. But she was she was the one to cut Ben Simmons the slack that what his get up was <laughs> and what he was wearing was maybe just maybe about, you know, trying to pick himself up a little bit. Bo, I'm so glad that you fully grasped the concept. I mean, I just think <laughs> listen, I didn't know so many people text me when I said that. Uh, Paul Irvin, shout out to Paul Irvin, terrific producer for NBA Group. Oh, He's yeah, like, stop caping for Ben Simmons. He wants to be a housewife so bad, which I fell out <laughs> laughing at. Um, I just, you know, I just, listen, Stephen A was not, I don't know if I call him the most pathetic athlete. Are you at most pathetic athlete, Bo? Only because I just don't fully understand what's wrong with that boy. So that that gives me pause. But, but, but I feel like Stephen A probably is more informed than I am. And if I had his information, I might feel the same way. Okay. Well, I think Pathetic was a little strong and I I give it to him for, you know, if you're going to be there, you need to be there. The biggest thing is you had this whole time with the other team in Philly to figure out what was going on with your back. That is the biggest question mark to me. But, you know, I just think we should be able to dress how we feel. Like, you know? <laughs> I mean, yo, here's the thing. You should be able to dress how you feel. But you remember when Dwayne Wade used to be the king of the get up, right? I Where do. everything he was wearing was completely ridiculous. Dan Lebertard, he made a point once that I'll never forget. He was like, he don't never wear that stuff when they down 3-2, right? Like, there's a time and place for everything. And if you Ben Simmons, you need us to not be looking at you right now. And then, in classic Ben Simmons fashion, where was he in game four? Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. Like, that's all I'm saying, man. Like, son... He makes me want to say son. Son? I was going to say a son from Bo. Wow. That's right. And I don't mean son like New York son. I mean son like my coaches used to say. You know, son, like, like he brings it out. Like there's I, there's a certain point you get to in your life where you're finally old enough to be like, son, it's that same age where you have like some kids are acting up in the store and you say, hey, y'all cut that out. They'll actually cut it out. You know, like I feel right, like right. I'm there. And so with Ben, I just want to be like, son. Don't you understand what you are doing to your life and career right now? Don't you understand what people are out here saying about you? To be fair, I, maybe this is not fair. Again, maybe this is me trying to find, as one of my coaches <laughs> used to say, a fluffy place for him to lie down. <laughs> I do think the Nets should have protected him from himself anyway. But you can't, I don't care what anybody says. You don't go from 
barely practicing with the water boys and company to all of a sudden you about to contribute on defense versus Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who are cooking y'all like get out of my face. The Nets should have never even put that out there to dangle it as a carrot in front of the media or his fellow teammates. But anyway, here we are. Let me tell you what you don't say. And this is where they really messed up. If you was going to say he going to play in the next game, okay. You don't be like, no, 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 no. He's not going to play in this next game that's really, really important. He going to play in the one after that. <laughs> that was just dumb. Like they seemed like such an amateur <laughs> operation. And like the stories about Kevin Durant just being like, yo, we coming. Didn't even bother to like talk to anybody or anything else. They just feel like amateurs, like not like bad people. You know what I'm saying? Not like yeah. they mean any harm, but just like they're running an amateur operation in New yeah. York City. How, yeah. when's that ever work out, Will? It's super wild. And like, I found myself really reflecting yesterday as someone who thought that they would pull out at least one game. Uh, I had to take my, you know, walk of shame through the Twitter streets <laughs> from Celtics fans, which was cool. It's fine. But somebody actually tweeted me. And I do remember saying this, that you can't cheat this process. Right. And I remember feeling that way when they allowed Kyrie to be a part time guy. So then I found myself really thinking like, OK, when did we become hypnotized? Like, when did we think that they actually were going to put this thing together enough? Because what super small sample size after the KD injury and when Kyrie became full time ish. And I really was like, dang, like. That was bad. I just drank whatever the Kool-Aid was. <laughs> you know what it was, though? And this is my thought. I'm curious what you think about this. Maybe, just maybe, the regular season does matter. Yeah. Right? And I think that the argument I've made for the long is that the worst thing to happen to regular seasons, it happened in baseball and it happened in basketball. It happened in baseball when the Mariners, and I think it was 2001, won 116 games and then didn't make it to the World Series. And it happened in basketball when the Warriors won 73 and didn't win the championship. Like, suddenly okay. it didn't matter. They went and got Kevin Durant. In theory, they got better, but they didn't get better to 73 games, right? It's not like right. they went 75 and 7. And so I feel like after that, people started acting like these guys, you know, you see a little more coasting every now, you know, toward the regular season and stuff. And I think that people convinced themselves that as long as you get to the end and you got the dudes, that you'll be okay, except... Teams got to figure each other out, man. A hundred percent. Because let me tell you who will figure you out. Them. Whoever yeah. that is on the other side, they yeah. will figure you out. If you don't know you, don't worry. They'll tell you who you are. Yeah. And so it's funny because we're talking with JJ Redick about it. Like outside of the Bucks, I do think that there was a world in which at a minimum, the Nets don't get swept and they actually might win that first round series outside of the Bucks and Boston. Boston was literally the antithesis of everything that the Nets went through. You talk about a team that stunk prior to the turn of the calendar year, right? Like being, going through it, working through it, coaching through it. And then you add the athletic gifts and talents that allow them to match up with the Nets perfectly. Like it was their worst draw possible. I'm still shook that Kevin Durant actually got swept. Like that's wild to me. Yo, and they the only people that got swept. The only team. Like the Nuggets got one on the Warriors. You know what happened when the Nuggets got one on the Warriors? Jokic was like, we getting one. <laughs> All right. Where are you on him, by the way? What do you mean, where am I? Should he be MVP? Or what Not do you even mean? so much should he be in. I don't even know the I just I just feel like people be hating on my man. And I almost, I just never, I just, I, I can never tell where somebody's going to land on the greatness of Jokic. Because I'm all in. I am in. Now, I ultimately, down the stretch of this season, would have voted Giannis my MVP. And I think we're doing that thing we've done to LeBron where you take their greatness yes. for granted. Right? But I do think the way Jokic impacts that game, in particular in that system, we were having this conversation about Draymond and systems and fits. I don't know that you could pick Jokic up and just he would be great anywhere. I do think that some of that translates, but I think this year in particular, having to pick up the slack, missing Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., like made him that much more locked in coming off of an MVP year. 
See, I feel like the system is him. It's give the ball to him and he will find you. He will find you in bananas ways. And if we need him to get 38, he'll come out here and he'll get 38. And he ornery. I, I, en- I am enjoying the return of the big man, especially when the big man is ornery. You know, that's part of my problem with, you know, Carl Towns. There's like, uh, not here, or- there's, just not, there's just not an ornery bone in his body. Like, I'm not even being mean to him right now. I'm just saying... You, I don't understand how you that big and you don't have one single solitary ornery bone in your body. I think it's there. It just needs to be poked appropriately and prodded. It's been seven <laughs> years. Jimmy couldn't poke it out of him. Anthony Edwards apparently can't poke it out of him. Patrick Beverly can't poke it out of him. They got to outsource all the ornery because they don't get none from their big man. Patrick Beverly has plenty to give, though, wouldn't you say? Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, plenty. He does. Plenty. Plenty. Uh, I'm in on Jokic, though. Even if it's just the one, because I didn't want to hear from my man Nick Wright about it if they did not get that one. So instead, the Durant people have to hear from Nick about it. (laughs) It's true. Oh, God. You know, (laughs) once he got the one, they're the ones that have to put up with Nick at this point. But the Warriors, in talking about the West, and I've had my reservations about them just because I think the idea of trying to keep a core together for 10 years is kind of crazy. And it just typically doesn't work. Right. I mean, no one's ever really done this. Like the Spurs are the closest to it. But even then they had to add Kawhi Leonard like them doing this is kind of wild. But the way this is breaking out, they are the one team I'm sure is going to the conference finals. I can't see a circumstance under which they don't go to the conference finals like Minnesota or Memphis. You think either one of them is going to be able to overcome all that experience? I do think Memphis has a shot to beat the Warriors if they get really? out of the series. I do. And I think that that is a rivalry that is now, what, two years in the making, potentially. Just follow me here, bro. Like, I'm and fine. granted, wear, wear one of my other Twitter hats as apparently a Warriors hater. I don't think that's the case. Oh, but you're anyway, one too? You're a Warrior hater too? <laughs> the speed that Memphis has, Jaron Jackson is a bigger, more athletic, maybe not as seasoned Draymond in terms of versatility on the back end, right? Dylan Brooks, all he wants to do is guard stuff, right? And on the flip side, let's just go, we'll pick Ja for now, right? Like, you got to deal with that explosion. And if they allow him just to shoot jumpers, yeah, Ja's not the greatest shooter, but I do think that he can confidently enough knock down some when it matters. So I just think in terms of the length that the Memphis has, the speed that they have, it's never an easy day to play against the Warriors to win against the Warriors. But I think something could happen there. I'm not sold they blow by them. Okay. I hadn't thought about it quite like that. I guess I'm just watching them look so young against Minnesota. And I honestly do believe that if Memphis gets out of this, they won't look so young next time, right? Like this is a learning experience for them, just that it is for Minnesota. But I've been encouraged by the fact that they've been getting down, but never are they so shook that they ain't coming back, right? Right. Like John Morant still going to the basket. I mean, all those things are there. Jaron Jackson... He's got to stay out of foul trouble. I, yeah, I appreciate his versatility, right? But without okay. the versatility, I'm like, so what if Carl Towns just wasn't as good? That's what I wind up seeing with Jared Jackson. <laughs> a big old dude who don't want to play like a big old dude, want to stand out there and shoot threes all the time and be fouling too much. But at least when Jared Jackson fouls too much, he gets his money's worth. Like, he a hack master. Dylan Brooks <laughs> is a hack master. Carl Anthony Towns is a foul master. He simply violates the rules. Since Jaron is sort of my distant cousin because both of his parents are Hoyas, I'm going oh, okay. to stand up for him as a competitor. I'll, okay. I would put him in the same boat as Cat, but he is yeah, a really yeah. great kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but like I see it there with him. I guess he's one where it looks so promising to me early that I feel like we're going to look up and be like, yo, this dude's been in the league six years and we're still talking about how promising he is. Well, whose fault is that? 
though, Bo, because he you could have made a case for him as defensive player of the year. I know, I know. You're right. You're right. I just sometimes you see a little more in him, right? Like, in fact, that's my you. thing with Carl Towns. I see a little more in you, son. It could be there. Son. You just you just focus on the wrong things. I yeah. I mm, as Carl Towns is, is sort of a, a polarizing guy in the league, I guess. Cause people like you feel that way. But I'll be honest, like Minnesota's not really on my radar usually. So like <laughs> this year was like, oh wait, Towns and D'Angelo Russell, like Anthony Edwards are doing things. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I looked up and was like, wow, I enjoy watching these guys play basketball quite a lot. <laughs> I'd be like, oh hey, Chris Finch. All I remember was there was a big scuttlebutt about how you got your job. But anyway, here we are. I think this is something that people don't quite get about like my job is a little different than yours because you do a bit more straight basketball. But, you know, right. when the expectation is that you're on and checking out a lot of this stuff, hey, man, the playoffs come around and very often you learn, you're like, oh, look at that. I wasn't aware that thing right there was going on. Minnesota got like four dudes that I'm like, either I didn't know they were in the league, I didn't know they played for Minnesota, or I didn't know they existed. And that then exists. it's like Carl Towns, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly. I feel like they got another dude I've heard of. No, because Tyus Jones played for Memphis now. Like, every game I have to ask myself, so who Tyus Jones played for? I mean, like, because he's from Minnesota. Like, it all comes together. I got reasons, you know? But I looked at Uh Minnesota and was like, oh, okay. Y'all got a little something going here. Yeah, they really do. This series has been, what's the word? I'm not completely surprised, but I think to your point, how Memphis has looked a little bit younger. Like, I thought it would be competitive, but I thought Memphis would answer. But to be fair, like, they always make their run late in games, usually. Anyway. Yeah. Staying over here in the West, Phoenix. Now, with Devin Booker, I thought they were going to literally walk through the West. People got mad at me about that, which I thought was strange. They were the best team in the West all year long. They went to the finals last year. Like, it seemed to all be kind of set up for them to roll. And then, of course, Devin Booker gets hurt, and the Pelicans got a squad full of go-hards, dog. They all go hard. Because their best player is from Kinston, North Carolina. And I know that you are not from North Carolina, but I figure you being from Maryland, you may have heard about Kinston. Kinston ain't no joke, boy. Mm-hmm. And neither is he. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't want to take away from the Pelicans, but I can't help but think about if Book was on the floor. Is that fair? I think that's fair, but I also think that a one seed playing a 10 seed should be able to go down a player. Not Devin, though, when you, like, look at this team. Yeah, but I still think you should be able to go down. Like, wasn't there a year? I think it may have been a 73-9 and nine year. The Warriors did a series without Steph. I feel mm-hmm. like Phoenix should still be better at this. And what I love about the Pelicans is they got, what's my man's name? Alvarado. He out Jose. here doing Chris Paul like Chris Paul do people. He got he had Chris Paul out there heated. Because you know once it starts going a little bad for Chris Paul, he a little touchy. And then you got a dude whose entire NBA existence is going to be about making dudes want to fight him. There's two things about the Pelicans' Sun series that I think are woefully underrated. Everybody keeps talking about the Monty Williams-Willie Green thing. But also, like, Willie Green and Chris Paul are also, like, best buds, too. So you talk about a guy that has played with, played against, really knows how to buy the Chris Paul. And Chris Paul's on record. Like, he hates being guarded full court, right? But then if you get into that roster minus Devin and you went height for height, position for position, like, CJ McCollum changes the whole dynamic there. Like, Jackson Hayes, foul trouble, whatever. But length, you know what I'm saying? Trey Murphy the third, length, Larry Lance Jr. Like, because Chris Paul becomes the lone shot creator for all the rest of those guys, like the matchup, and we haven't got to your boy Brandon and how great he's been in this series. Like, 
the matchup is actually a lot more even than you would think of, like to your point, a one eight would be. So I just, I still believe they get out of it, but I think CJ's been there too. You know what I'm saying? And he's a younger, similar to Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you ain't talking about my man Herb. Herb oh, out Jones. there balling. Herb out there. So we would talk about this. You know how he's called people Herbs, right? Uh-huh. All my friends named Herb ain't like that. They just kind of like slow talking players. And then I saw an interview with Herb and it was like, yep, Herb's a Herb. He's not a Herb, but he is a Herb. Like he, he fits the Herb archetype perfectly he sounds okay. like he, he sounds like he's 35 years old already isn't he from the south i know he went to alabama oh, oh. but he's from south I, yeah I, yeah i i it's kind of hard not to be when your name herbert i feel like a, a 2022 <laughs> model herbert that's a you were born herbert what in 2000 you were named yes. herbert like your yes. parents were you're super. a 21st century herb <laughs> <laughs> right here no, we they are. still had those here we are um you got a brother named leon you you, you think that may be it Oh, Leon's an old man name? I didn't think oh, Leon's wow. an old man name. Yo, you more gully than I realize if Leon sound like the present to you. I don't know who you've been out here hanging out with. I know two Leons. How old are, how old are Leon? Late 30s? Is that old? It's a little old to be Leon. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, is Leon. My neighbor, my next door neighbor's dad was Leon. He's an old Leon. But I know, yeah. like, I know two relatively young. Yeah, I didn't know we were still rolling out Leons. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We have not talked about uh, Philadelphia. Your um, Sixers? Oh, they're my Sixers? Are, are I, they I, your Sixers? No, they, are, not they are not my Sixers. I don't. Man, people be ready to take it to Doc, boy. I don't know what Doc did to anybody, but everybody's ready to bring it to Doc. Uh, because, I mean, Doc has had some bad collapses, but like. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, hmm. So funny, I was at an event with a bunch of Knicks legends Monday night, and they're arguing about like, how big um, a big, how big of a deal the injury is for Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. John Wallace, Spree, Kurt Thomas, like all oh, they're just it's hilarious. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're stretching the definition of a legend there, Monica. Oh, oh, I thought sorry. you was with I thought you was with Clyde <laughs> Frazier and Bill Bradley and Patrick Ewan. <laughs> that, 
<laughs> See, here goes my loyalty. Listen, those are those are my chance for the sake of the event. Um, uh, Bernard was there though. It was great. Okay. It was great to meet him in person. Legit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, uh, it was just really cool to hear a bunch of former NBA guys talk about your hand and like what that means or does not mean. Listen, the Raptors. Whether it's self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, I'm into all these big like phrases, endorphin dressings, self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecies. Like it just feels like Philly has just gotten so tight and the Raptors are playing with house money. Nick Nurse is an excellent coach. Again, you go down that roster in terms of the length that they have. Ain't no way they were supposed to lose without Fred Van Vliet. But you look at the length that they have and the adjustments that they were able to make. And then like I've long kind of been out on James Harden, bro. Like even if Ben Simmons, like if Ben Simmons plays basketball next year at 60%, I still would say the Nets won that trade, I feel like. I just think he's cooked. And I think there's a great irony to the fact that Daryl Morey is Mr. Cold Analytics and he went out there and made a sentimental decision. Right? He went and got mm. his mans who, you know, got him to where he was or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But like that's, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I don't think that Harden has that much left in the tank. But I do think the interesting thing for me about Toronto, at least in watching the last game, because they've been putting a lot, you know, when, you know, when Toronto plays, they be putting them on NBA TV. And I don't always remember what channel that is. So I can't always like hop over there real quick. But three years after I thought it would happen, your man Siakam is actually playing like a dude that could be the best player on your team. Because that mm-hmm. seemed to be the holdup up to this point. Like I thought when Kawhi left, they weren't going to be the same. But I thought they clearly had a dude that was going to be capable of being the best player on a really good team. And... Siakam hadn't looked like that, honestly, up until, like, now. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a few injuries he had to work through, but I'll give you that. You you definitely saw him jump, make that most improved jump, and then it was a little <laughs> weeble-wobble back and forth. <laughs> but, and again, too, like, Scotty Barnes, right, who didn't even play in every game of this series so far, but that's a guy, and I remember we were taking, you know, early conversations about Rookie of the Year. That would have been my pick before Evan Mobley back at Summer League just because of his versatility. But again, like, Nick Nurse has won, like Van Vliet, you know what I'm saying? Like, stabilizes that organization. I just, I don't know what it is with Philly. Like, and Ty, I, this was not a knock against Tyrese Maxey, but I told y'all, like, no. Mm-mm. They got housed at the crib in a game five where they could have put that away. It wasn't some close game. They got beat pretty much from start to finish. I They, like, it, we just go back to your point about the regular season and the idea of coasting, like, do they think they could just flick it back on? Like, that was super like, wait, what's that score? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't. I try not to go back to, on Daryl because I'm hard on Daryl. I admit that okay. I'm hard on Daryl. Somebody has to be hard on Daryl because nobody else seems to really want to do it. But I admit, I and for okay. that reason, I try to be careful about not being too hard on Daryl. But in the end, you could not start this season with Ben Simmons on the roster. Like, I felt like when they left the building at the end of game seven last year, everybody knew this dude can't ever come back, right? By September 1, we're going to have you somewhere else. You go let them know that. You let everybody else know that. And I think that they felt like they were ultimately going to lose leverage by doing that. But no, whoever was going to want him was going to want him, right? You try to build up a market that way, but he can't come back here. That would have been my read. And instead, they let that drag out. And so they're down playing as a four seed because they had a dead roster spot in Ben Simmons instead of moving him and turning him into something, if at all possible. So then that happens. And then you ultimately trade him for a dude that looks like he's cooked. All because you just didn't want to do what you had to do early. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to sell low on this. Now, sometimes you just got to. You think the people who do sell low do it because they feel like it? Right, right. I mean, and what would, at that point, what was the biggest rumor? Dame, okay, you don't get Dame, you take CJ. The way CJ has elevated 
New Orleans. Like that looks like a loss. Like you would have taken CJ over the hard that you've gotten. Yeah. You take what you can get. Like, I think that sometimes you just have to look around and be like, so I'll give you an example, right? This isn't so Mm -hmm. much talking out of turn, but I tell people about this. So my kind, one of my contracts with this here company was up um, right as the world was shutting down. And we tried to figure out what the deal was. Man, I forget what, I think it was Google or somebody, like one of them offices had put out word that they were shutting down. I called my agent and I said, hey, whatever the last thing was they said, tell them I accept. No matter (laughs) what it was, there was no time for dilly-dally. A solution needed to be derived and it needed to be derived right then. One less thing to worry about. Okay, cool. (laughs) Wisdom. I didn't tell you the number. It didn't matter. Take whatever we can get. Right now. And with Simmons, you just had to take what you could get. So big picture, and I know you do a a great job with this. I'm just so curious to see how Simmons, Kyrie, all those guys, I mean, whatever parts stood out from Stephen A's rant, for me, the way they're going to impact negotiations and contracts going forward is like a real thing that I'm very, very curious about. Yo, the Nets can't be dumb enough to bring them back, can they? But what are they going to do? I know, that's the problem. What are they going to (laughs) do? That's the problem. from a basketball standpoint, though, right? Like, if you get a season, Ben Simmons is in the gym, Kyrie's in the gym, K- KD's there, they're not part-time. You still have a core that is absolutely formidable, right? I just, I don't know how many games you're going to get out of Kyrie. And I'm convinced <laughs> that every time him and KD do this handshake, it's more of KD's soul, like, <laughs> slipping into all that Kyrie believes. Look, the funniest thing that Stephen A said that was also the realest talk we're Russia Bob Ukraine. I ain't know if Kyrie Irving was gonna come to work. <laughs> it was whoo, that was that was one for the but books. that was that real there. It that was, was very real. real. Kyrie, very real. dude, that time that Kyrie said he needed personal time and was gonna miss three days, and it just so happened to be his birthday. I don't know if there was any actual connection, but the personal days did overlap with his birthday. <sighs> That's when I, oh man, I mean, I can't act like that's when I was out because I've been out. Keeping him is always going to be chaos, like no matter what it is. And I say they need to move on from Nash and people are like it's not Nash's fault this year has been chaos. Okay, but if he can't win in chaos, then he can't be their coach because it's always going to be chaos. Now that is a point because I was also kind of like, well, what do you want Nash to do, y'all? But it doesn't get better <laughs> or does it? I don't know. I mean, do you realize that Kevin Durant is in his 15th year in the NBA? Okay, so as we have this big conversation, we look at our stars, right? One of the questions that I enjoyed, and I think it was too early, but is was Jason Tatum ascending Kevin Durant, right? Or That's probably the wrong verb, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, but we, we, we with you. Right. I'm not there yet because Jason Tatum got to go win. But look across the board, all your, all your stars, right? Like, the changing of the guard is happening right in front of us. Like, hypothetically, if Memphis goes and knocks off Golden State, like, boom, like another one. You already got this Celtic squad that went and knocked off KD. And the thing about it is, I think, I don't know how many of these stars, for as talented as they are, are willing to go to Chris Paul route in terms of the dedication to their bodies, their diets, and so on and so forth to sustain. Like, KD arguably is thinner now than he was in OKC. I don't know how he feels about that, but he couldn't deal with all that bumping, that's for sure. Look, other than... Chris Paul, and the various Warriors. Basically, all the players of consequence who are left in the postseason are under 30. Where are you at on Jimmy? 
Okay, Jimmy's over 30. Well, I mean, okay, in Miami, yeah. I forgot about that. They have a motley crew of grown-ups, but it's like, it's a grown-up team, right? Yeah. But the change of the guard that you talk about is so clear and it's so there. It's young guys all over the place. The three best players in the NBA are, are 28 and under. This is where we are with this. And that's what has been cool about not having LeBron out here getting in the way, though. God knows he's trying. He just can't, the tweet. The tweet. He just can't let us forget about him. He just can't lay low. <laughs> Um, but you're right. This is the next generation of NBA basketball. And it's so many good players. Because like as much as we're talking about the ascendance of Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is not one of the five best players still in the postseason. Now, granted, like Jokic is going to be out of here soon. So he's not going to okay. be there for long. I was but, like, say, hold you... on, give me your five. Okay, I got you. Okay, I'd say this. As of this moment, I would still rather have Jimmy Butler than Jason Tatum. At this moment. At this moment. Not forever, but at this okay. moment. I would rather have Jokic. I would rather have Giannis. I would okay. rather have Embiid. It's debatable on Luka, except Jason Tatum was so good on defense this year. Um, it's actually interesting. When you check the advanced numbers on Tatum, offense, not nearly as impressive as you would think the advance would be. Really? Defense okay. may be the best defensive player in the NBA by numbers. Hmm. It's a, it's like, it's, you know, not that that defines everything, but that's a right. like interesting place to look. But let me think, who else is out here? Where are you at on Donovan? Not my type. Okay. All right, fair. Ja? It's hard for me to take the 6'2 guy over the 6'10 guy. Fair, fair, you know fair. what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. But like, like for example, Jason Tatum is definitely better than Trey Young because Trey Young just too little. Trey Young, Trey, Young, Trey Young is, when he's going, he's pretty spectacular, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. He is. He just, Trey, I mean, you know, you know, the other thing about Trey DeBarge, for me at least, is <laughs> If you go be that little guy, man, you got to, unless you're Isaiah Thomas, you got to have a lot more giving the ball to other people than he has. You're just not going to be that size and use as many possessions as he uses and me feel good about this. Oh, 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 I almost forgot about something. You see Zach Levine is in the protocols? And apparently Jimmy's going to miss the next game because of knee inflammation too. Jimmy Butler. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. I did see Zach is in the protocols and wow, the... Bulls were so promising early, and then they yeah, it all fell apart all at one time. Like we go see what they made of because Zach Levine goes into protocols after they take them L's, and this is looking like a one, two, three Cancun classic. If there has ever been one, golly, like I'm sad for the Bulls. Obviously, such a rich town, you know, history with that organization. But like, even when Caruso and uh, Ball went down, like. That drastically changed the course of their season. And DeRozan was legit on pace to have like an MVP caliber year. And then they just couldn't keep stringing it together. It's very sad. It's good to see teams like that just actually not just be fun to watch, but like, look, ain't but so many teams ever going to win a championship. Ain't but so many teams ever going to have a realistic chance at a championship. What you hope for if you root for a team is at least they fun to watch. Like they provide you something enjoyable that you can get attached to for whatever reason. And with the Bulls, they had just been messing it up for so long that other than those Thibodeau years, which were a very Chicago, you know, sort of team, it just didn't feel to me that they ever gave them anything to wrap their arms around and enjoy. And this team, they got that. Like, poor DeMar DeRozan. I feel bad for DeRozan because he came up in an era where we spend more time thinking about what he's not than what he is. And what he's not Mm. is a guy who can shoot three-pointers, right? If he could just shoot from, like, a foot and a half farther out, he would be legitimately one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He's so excellent, but he can't make threes. And so all we talked about was how, like, they go retire his jersey in Toronto and he would have hold up for them winning a championship. All Like, both of those things are true at one time. Oh, man. What a guy. He's such a great dude, though, too. Like, that's that's super unfortunate. 
it, and it's wild that we're so obsessed with threes because in that mid-range slot, like he was putting up historic numbers, at least the first part of the season. I know they tailed a little bit. That's the fun stuff to watch, right? Like you, like, and for people who don't know, you played at Georgetown, like you are mm-hmm. a basketball player. Like when I think about like the kind of artistry of watching people play basketball, like one-on-one, like Kobe Bryant type stuff, for example. Kobe Bryant's game is mid-range game. Like the stuff that you like watching people do on the playground and all of that stuff, it's all mid-range game. And I get why they took it away because they wanted to encourage more passing. The th- stuff had gotten stagnant. But the coolest stuff about basketball is mid-range. You know what, though, Bo? I feel like there's a whole camp that would probably challenge you on that, though, because of the Steph Curry effect, if we can call it that. I know. I know. And they was raised wrong. Like, remember when I told you how <laughs> I felt about the three-point shot? And you almost lost your mind because I sounded like Bob Bryant. And I do sound like Bob you Bryant. Did, you do sound I, like Bob Bryant on I know. Your I know I do sound like Bob <laughs> Bryant. I get it. I totally understand it. But, like, with Steph, the thing about Steph is, and I think it's been proven, they made one of those. Right. Like like Kevin Durant came around and there wasn't no line of Kevin Durant's after that. Like we have not had post Kevin Durant. We really haven't had a generation of seven footers who think they're guards because they tried to do it and they all hurt themselves. And they realized that maybe they could face up every now and then. Right. But like other than like a Chet Holmgren, we ain't seen a number two Kevin Durant type of play. Your boy from what you say? Kingston, North Carolina. Oh, Brandon. Yeah. Ingram. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. He's just. It's just that when you realize Kevin Durant is really seven feet tall, it's that you look at the other guys a little different. Because I think not quite. Yeah, he's like six eleven. Yeah, he's he's probably, but he's built the same way. I mean, is yeah, it really that big of a difference? That's fair. Listen, and if Kevin was playing the way Brandon has been playing, they might yeah. not be swept. That's fair. That's fair. But it ain't it ain't a bunch of those dudes, right? Like just because yeah, you want to be it, don't mean you can't. Like Trey Young is not Steph Curry, and that's not an insult to Trey Young. But we just not going to find another one of those dudes. And so I love watching cats at that mid post, right? You know, make mm-hmm. that reverse pivot, mm-hmm. turn around, jab, step up, like all that stuff. That's fun to watch. And we don't really get that so much. So like DeMar DeRozan, I feel like, is one of those guys that his fellow players probably think more highly of than people at home. Because they the ones For that, sure. Like Carmelo Anthony is a dude like that, where players think more of him than I do. Not that I don't see what they see. I just don't think you can win with them. But they like, yo, I wish I could do that. Technically sound he was, how you know lethal he was in that mid-range. I, I, that's a great comp when it comes to DeMar DeRozan because it was something crazy. I've had a couple of their games, actually. They were talking about how much of the offense actually goes to him and how much he has the ball in the time of the half-court possession because of the way that he scores. All of it working together is, again, this is like super basketball nerd. Like, it's really a thing of beauty. Well, because I think it it was saying that he held the ball for something like 15 seconds per possession. And when they came together, Billy Donovan did not want to play that way. Like, he wanted to speed it up. But that was so much of how DeMar has been able to be successful. He needs the ball. He's going to stop. He's going to survey. And then he's going to make a move. That's the one thing I will say about Cat in that last game when they beat Memphis. Whenever he caught and kind of surveyed, it wasn't necessarily an ordinary survey. Like he, <laughs> Memphis couldn't stop him. And so anyway, I just, to me, a guy, when you see a guy and the game is slowing down for him and you know where he's going to go and you can't get, you can't stop him. Like to your point, that's just, it's just so beautiful. Yo, Monica really sat up here and was like, okay, it's getting real basketball nerd. Like that's the reason why we got you here. No, Cause you the one who knows stuff. I know, I know. But I, the, the, that's why I think I'm really sad about the Chicago thing. Because they were doing stuff that was going to require like an email or Boston to really get like surgical and technical to defend. But they just when the injuries killed them, injuries completely killed them. And then Patrick Williams, they got healthy. Like, I thought that was a team that could surprise us for real. But whatever. Here we yeah, go. Let me, let me ask you this about Ime Udoka. 
because this is my thought. I give Brad Stevens a lot of credit for looking around and being like, yep, done all I can do, right? Like somebody else is going to need to be the one to do this. And I wonder if Brad Stevens intentionally was like, yeah, they need somebody that can square up with them, right? Because it mm. seems very clear to me that the greatest value, we can talk about all the strategy for Udoka and everything else. The real deal was him being like, y'all are playing soft and this has to stop and I'm not going for it. How about that? And then what do you mm-hmm. know? They stopped playing soft. And everything that people thought was possible, things that I had stopped thinking were possible from those guys, it's here now. Ime is like, first of all, he's so cool. Like, And it's funny, you go to these pregame meetings and you're like, okay, the noise is they need to separate the team. And he never changed tenor, like super personable. I could see, I could 100% see to your point, him being in practice like Marcus Martin, you know, like, <laughs> like, I don't have time for that. Um, and so I think that that absolutely matters. But I think the players on that group probably felt that Brad had met his ceiling too, for whatever reason. So yeah, kudos to Brad for stepping out. But I also think the players have a way of dictating that, which is why it's going to be so curious to watch what happens in Brooklyn to me, because Kyrie might not want to be coached, but everything that I know of KD, he's a guy that does put in the reps and wants to get better and wants to be coached. So nah, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Kyrie, never forget what he said when he was going to Boston and getting out of Cleveland. He wanted to work with a real basketball mind, I think was the way that he put it, but it was because he wanted to be coach. That was one of the things is that he wanted to take his craft to the next level and be with a coach. And he was so happy with being with the coach when he had him. And then he didn't want it no more. We don't know what it is that Kyrie wants. And that's why I think they need to stop. Like, so my homeboy, I've told this story before. I'm sure people have heard it. But my homeboy got an uncle who told him, hey, man, don't you ever do nothing just because women like it. And he was like, you know why? Because you know what women like? Anything. Like, they like, like, like there's no telling what a woman is going to like. Doing something specifically because they do, it ain't no telling. That's how I feel about Kyrie. You can't be out here doing stuff because Kyrie say he like it. That don't mean he going to like it tomorrow. Mm-mm. Kyrie is... Mm. Back to Ime, who I think is a great coach and should have <laughs> been coach of the year. <laughs> like, I just... The Ky- I just want to know what's going to happen with his contract. Like, if can you imagine if Sean Marks and Joe and them are legit like, yeah, so here's a one-year deal. I just, that would be unprecedented. The sports world would erupt. I don't know. Like, do you think I resigns that? I don't, at least not right away for obvious reasons. But like, so I was thinking about this and I'm going to bring it back to Kyrie. I would be very curious to see what would happen if Danny Ainge said, Rudy Gobert is available for trade. Right. And the reason is, I mean, Rudy Gobert, he's so good, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you think about watching him, how graceful it is. Like, the impact he has on defensive basketball is unquestionable, right? Rudy Gobert is that guy. But if you're going to have him, then everything is kind of around him. And do you really want that? And this is a guy that I am sure can make your basketball team better. Kyrie Irving, do I want that? I'm not even sure how much better he's going to make us because the only person he really makes better is Kyrie. Like, if he's available, how many teams are legitimately lining up to sign Kyrie? Is he even going to put people in the seats? Yeah. That, Golly. I have no idea. That, and yeah. so we're going to find out if anybody there got no heart because really, I don't see why you don't say, hey, one-year deal, man. And again, I don't see why Kevin Durant, I'm just amazed that he hasn't had enough. Because James Harden had enough. (laughs) He got tired of getting cooked, is the word on the street. (laughs) I don't know, Bo. But I'm sure, to your point, somebody will be like, this situation is going to be different. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole personally. I just it's just not worth it. Yo, he, worth it. I think people forget he was unhappy before LeBron got there in Cleveland and then was unhappy because LeBron got there because he thought that he was going to be in charge of that which had previously made him unhappy. Then he was unhappy with championship caliber team. Then he was unhappy playing in Boston. All right. Now, I can't say that he's unhappy now. We have not had any reports of Kyrie unhappiness. It just don't sound like it's happy for anybody else. Sometimes it's you, bro. Like, sometimes <laughs> it's you. At some point, you got to look in the mirror. I just, I don't know. The one thing that I think is is very clear, and that's why I'm part of me is wonders if he would just ride off into the sunset and go p- pursue his performing arts and whatever the other passions it. he has. Right? Like, it just feels like we're going to get closer and closer to that because I don't know... I, I just then it becomes you don't you're not the boss of me and the whole thing. Like, <laughs> I just dude, just go like go do something else. I don't know. You know it's what? I, I, I've asked too much of you. That by the way <laughs> is our good friend Monica McNutt. Check her out everywhere on our basketball coverage. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the right time. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Gabe Bassane and Adi Khan handle things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. Oh, also before I forget, our voicemail topic this week will be your wonderful stories and moments of watching people quit in the middle of their shifts of their jobs rate us review us give us five stars you only give us four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days take it easy thanks for checking out the right time with bomani jones podcast you can listen or follow on the espn app or wherever you listen to podcasts the right time with bomani jones